Okay, before you sit down, can everybody turn around and give a Christmas hug to a neighbor or somebody sitting behind you, beside you? Even if you don't know them, it's Christmas. Kenzie and Leanna, come here. Where's Alex and Ellie? Go get your bags, you guys, go get your bags. Careful. Wait, Ellie, just wait until everybody sits down for just a second. Okay, and as you take your seats, my adorable four little children are walking around handing out activity bags. So if you have a child who would love to have an activity bag to use during the service, please feel free to grab one from them. We at Centerpoint just want to welcome you. And thank you so much for joining us today and celebrating um, our Savior's birth. And we just pray that you will enjoy the service. We pray that you will have a very Merry Christmas. And um, we'll get started. Hey, good morning. Whoa, there it is. It came out. I knew it was coming out. I've been fighting it all evening, all evening, all evening. Everybody I've seen has been, good morning. Oops, I'm sorry. So, good evening. How are you guys doing today? Awesome, awesome, awesome. It is so great to see each and every one of you. Um, new folks and visitors and family and friends, we're so glad to have you here with us today. Um, we are, if this is your first time with us, uh, we've been doing a series entitled, um, Christmas at the Movies. And so each week for the last um, couple of Sundays, we've been dealing with this idea of taking a Christmas movie and, and sharing God's word with it and kind of comparing and, and, and kind of pulling out some things that we can get to use for our own spiritual benefit. And so <clears throat> Bruce Willis kind of disappointed me. I read the news. I don't know if you guys did either, but he announced that um, Die Hard was not a Christmas movie. And we we're going to pray for Bruce Willis because that was our first movie, and it's clearly one of the greatest Christmas movies that God has ever blessed us with. Um, if you have your Bibles or tablets, I'm going to ask for you guys to turn to the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter. Matthew, the fifth chapter. If you don't have it, don't worry about it. We'll have it on the screen as well. But Matthew, the fifth chapter, um, and we're going to pray real quick. We're looking for Matthew, the fifth chapter, right around verse 13. While you're flipping or turning through your apps, I'll pray for us. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you, Father, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love and your kindness. I ask God that you open up our hearts and our ears to receive your truth. That, Father, you would use these next few moments to bless us, to use these next few moments to speak to us. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, before I get into the message, I just wanted to say something real quick. Um, it's real easy to, to see people come up and sing and, and, and share the gospel, but uh, it's a lot of work of the people that came in here and set up the rooms and we're doing the parking lot. So would you please just give them a round of applause for all the work and time they put in today. And so I just don't ever want to uh, not, not acknowledge people that have put in the hard work and the time. And so we're so grateful for all that they've done, them, give, them giving up their leave and their time and their day to come put in the work that they've done. So we're so grateful for them. Um, if you have your Bibles, Matthew 5, verse 13, if you please stand with us as we honor God's word and read this scripture. 
You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Amen. You may be seated. The short verse. You may be seated. So the movie that we're dealing with is we're closing out our series that we've been doing for the, over the last month of our movies, Christmas at the movies. We're dealing with one of the um, greatest old-timey movies, animated movies that there ever has been, and that is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. If you're not familiar with the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I'm going to give it to you real quick, and then we'll move on. Um, there's this reindeer named Rudolph, pretty self-explanatory, and Rudolph has this really bright red, shiny nose. And Rudolph is, is trying to adjust and hang out as this brand new kid with this real big red, shiny nose. And he looks totally different from the rest of the reindeer just because of this red, shiny, bright nose. Um, it's awkward and it's weird and everyone's kind of making fun of him. And, and even the time Santa Claus is like, I don't know, it's too bright, tone that thing down. And so this nose is just glowing and Rudolph becomes very upset because he doesn't seem to fit in. He doesn't seem to get uh, able to hang out with people and people accept him too well. And so Rudolph kind of runs away and Rudolph is very upset and Rudolph's very sad. And then eventually, um, you all know the story, one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, you know the song. And he says, Rudolph, listen, uh, your nose might be exactly what we need to kind of get us through all of this fog and all of these problems. Won't you uh, guide my sleigh tonight? And they hook the stuff up to Rudolph, and he leads them through. And everyone is so excited because Rudolph is able to save, save the day. Christmas. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I got issues. Um, if you open up my closet, you see quite a few shoes <laughs> that I have. I have a lot of issues, I have a lot of problems, I have a lot of struggles. Um, I don't know about you, but in this life we come with some struggles, we come with some issues, we come with some hardships, we come with some frustrations. Um, I remember a few years ago being or going through a divorce. I remember sitting at Christmas table and thinking to myself, this is about as low as I possibly could feel. This is about the moment when I feel like this is the worst I could ever feel. This is the moment where I should have all of my kids and family with me, and this sucks, and I don't like it, and I hate this feeling. This is a guy that was once preaching God's word and traveling all over the country, sharing his word, speaking at Ivy League colleges and, and sharing God's word everywhere. And I feel like now I'll never be able to preach this gospel again. And that was one of the worst moments that I'd ever expressed or felt. There are times in life when we realize that this life just doesn't feel good. There are times in life when stuff is just hard and it doesn't feel happy and it doesn't feel like a bowl of sunshine. And what do we do when we realize that it's just not it's just not a good season. It's just not a good year. It's just not a good day. For some of us, it feels like it hasn't been a good life. And Jesus comes around and he's teaching this message on the Sermon on the Mountain, and he talks about this salt, that we're the salt of the earth. And then he moves on from being the salt of the earth, and he starts to go into this passage of Scripture starting in verse 14. And there's the four points I want to share with you today. It says, God has given you a purpose. Watch verse 14. 
You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Jesus says that you are, he says you're the light of this world. He says that there's something bright and wonderful and amazing about you, whether you want to understand it, whether you fully get it, whether you can figure it out, you are something amazing. And so we look at this character, Rudolph, and he is being defined by his deformity. He's being defined by his issue. He's being chastised and talked about because he looks different, because he operates different. A lot of people, a lot of times, start to define us by our mistakes, define us by our deformities, define us by our issues, define us by our problems, define us by our stuff. Some of us have low self-esteem because of the issues of life that we have. Some of us are walking around so frustrated, so angry, we're trying to hide, we're trying to live life the best that we can, but we are totally 100% frustrated and that happy with who we are at times. And Rudolph is that same character. I mean, he's born from this great reindeer that leads Santa's sleigh, but at the end of the day, he realizes that he is, he is defined, he is teased, he is made fun of because of his issues. And he walks around feeling this way. He walks around feeling like, I just don't fit in, I just don't get it, I'm just not part of the crew. And then Jesus comes along and he's talking to these people and he says, I want you to understand that you are the light of the world like a city on a hill. It cannot be hidden. It says that regardless of how bad you may feel, regardless of how much you feel like you're worthless, how much you feel like you're nothing, that I recognize you as a city on the hill. He says, I don't recognize you as a little tent in the woods. I don't recognize you as a little shack. I don't recognize you as some little thing hidden. But I recognize you as what? A city on the hill that everyone can see. And what everyone sees within you is my word, my truth, my love, my light. He says, my light shines in you whether you recognize it or not. I have a purpose for you, and my purpose for you is that you would shine bright. My purpose for you, regardless of how life has hit you, regardless how frustrations are, regardless of if we lost loved ones over the holidays or before this holiday comes again, he says, regardless of circumstances or situations, I need you to understand I am the light, and I am the light that shines through you. He says, I have a purpose for you. And that purpose is that you would shine bright. That purpose is that you would be the light of the world, that people would see who I am through you. He goes on further and says that God understands the pressure of living in this world. Watch verse 16, I mean 15 and 16, or 15. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. He says it's so easy at times just to sit back and say, you know what, I'll, I'd rather let this world pass. I'd rather just fall back in the scene. I'd rather not, not, not draw any more attention to myself. I, I, I've been seen enough. I've been talked about enough. They've said all they need to say about me in the family meetings, and now we're coming around to dinner time at the table, and i got to sit in front of these folks again. He says, I get that you're frustrated. I get that you don't want to do it. I get that you want to fall back. I know that you just want to let life pass you on by. He says, I get it. In fact, Jesus lets us know as he models his own life in front of us. And he says, listen, Jesus himself is in a moment of saying, I fall back. Do you guys remember the Last Supper? After he ate with his disciples, he went into the garden and he began to pray. If there's any other way that I can save the world, please let me do it. If there's any other way than me hanging on the cross and dying for the sins of man, 
let me do it. If there's any other way than me being stretched out on the cross and me having to suffer and take on the hurt and the pain of this world, let me do it. Jesus himself wanted to fall back. Jesus himself wanted to lay back and say, I don't want to be involved in this situation. I'd rather find a way, different way to do it. It's too difficult. Jesus himself went through hardship. He went through pain. He went through frustration. And God says to us that you're a lamp, that you're a light, that you're meant to shine. And you can try to hide as much as you want, but I have purpose for you. I have a purpose for you. I have a purpose for you. And that purpose is for you to shine. It's not for you to be hidden. It's not for you to be tucked away. Do you guys remember the story of Rudolph? He took this red, he took this, this clay, this thing, and he put it on his what? Nose. To cover it up. Because he didn't want anyone to see who he really was. And he tried to hide. He tried to fall back. He tried to remain in the, in the background. He tried to look like and act like everyone else. Even Rudolph tried to hide. You and I are given this bright, wonderful, amazing light that God has given us. And a lot of times we try to tuck it away and hide it and keep it from everybody. And when we do that, we feel like we're fitting in. We feel like we're doing what we're supposed to. We feel like everyone's getting who we are. But at the end of the day, we are missing what God has for us. Point number three says this. God wants you to work. God wants to work through you to reach people. Watch this. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. God says that my desire is that light would shine through you. God's desire is that he would take everything inside of you and push it out in a way that people could recognize who God is. He says, I want to use oftentimes the hurts and the pains of this life, the hurts and the pains of this struggle, the things that we wrestle with, to be the very thing that he operates through us to change the lives of people. He wants to use your greatest weakness to make it the thing that brings worship to God. He wants to use your worst misery to make it the greatest moment of ministry. He wants to use your greatest moment of pain to be his greatest spotlight of power of who he is. He wants to use your worst and weakest moments that God would shine bright through it. And we're so busy trying to hide and cover up so nobody really sees who we are and what we're dealing with, what we're wrestling with, what we're thinking, what we're feeling. And God is saying, I'm trying to push through those things. Stop trying to hide and let me use you like I need to. Rosie struggles with a mental illness. It's called being bipolar. It's called bipolar. It's a mental illness. And it took her years to figure out how to live this life being bipolar. It meant losing friends. It meant losing family. It meant struggling with people and, and things. It meant medication after medication until she was regulated in a way where she could walk and do life. And when people struggle, as God, a lot of you guys know, she is the first person to come and love and hug on somebody. She's the first person to say, tell me your story, tell me your pain, tell me your issue. She loves and she loves and she loves. Why? 
because the very things she struggled with and the way that people treated her and the way that people did things, she is somebody that's the biggest advocate of you experiencing life in the best way. She took her misery and made it part of her ministry. You guys with me? God wants to use the thing that you're trying to cover up so that he can bring all this light and all this life to people. And we're so busy trying to hide. And God says, I don't want you to hide. I want you to expose it. I want you to bring it to the light so that I can use it to draw people back to me. I'm one of the biggest fans of marriage. 92% of all the counseling I do is marriage counseling. Why? Because I want people to experience the best marriage that God has for them. And even though my stuff didn't work out like I planned it to, I believe that there's better. I believe that there's more. And so I am pushing for folks to have the greatest marriage they possibly can have. I refuse to let my hurt and my pain keep me from shining and showing off the light of God. The question is, how many of us are pushing back and hiding from letting this light shine? God wants to use your greatest issue to make you the greatest thing for him. So Rudolph had this bright nose. And Rudolph was hiding, and he, he was dipping, and he was running, and he was hiding. And some of you guys saw the, the, the weird movie where he went down to Misfit Island. You guys remember that? It was weird <laughs> what that was. He went down to Misfit Island. He's hiding. He, he's just, I don't want to be involved with anybody. I'm just hiding away. I don't want anybody to be connected to me. And he's like, I'm going to hang out with all the other people that just don't get it, and we'll kind of all do the whole we don't get together. And they had the, the what was that, 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 that whale, remember, the gnar? It was weird. Yeah, it was anyway, it was really weird. And so, and so he gets back, and Santa says, I need to use you, Rudolph. I need to use what everyone thought was an issue to help everyone else out all around the world. I need to use your pain to make it something successful. The question is, will you let God use it? The question is, will you let God operate in you and work in you in a way that changes lives? Will you be okay with exposing that issue so that God can get all of the glory out of it? It's quiet today on Christmas Eve. <laughs> watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Matthew 5, 13, point number four. God recognizes your potential. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. God says that I recognize your potential. That's how he starts off this passage of scripture. He goes on and says, you're the light, and you're, you're a city on the hill, and you're this light that can't be hidden. He says, you're going to be this wonderful thing that's going to bring people back to God. You're this beautiful, bright light. But he starts off this whole beautiful, bright light with saying, I recognize your potential. Back in the biblical days, back in the olden days, as my kids would say, they would take salt and they would throw it on the ground. They threw it on the ground because the salt has iron in it and it has a way to preserve the ground. It has a way to revitalize the ground so that stuff could come up faster from the ground. 
It had this ability to change the, 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 the chemicals within the ground and break down the soil so that stuff could grow faster and have, give more potential for more light, for more food, for more energy. And he says, listen, you are the salt of this earth. You have the potential to change the world. You have the potential to change your home. You have the potential to change your marriage. You have the potential to change how you raise your kids. You have the potential to be something amazing and significant. He says, I need you to understand you are the salt. You have lots and lots and lots of potential. But what are you going to do with this potential? My oldest son has tons of potential to be an amazing star at the sport of football. But if you don't put the work in, if you don't go to school, if you don't get your education, if you don't go to the gym and work out, you've got tons of potential. But if you don't work on it, you have absolutely nothing. And God says to each and every one of you, he says, you have tons of potential. I have tons of potential. But are you going to be willing to put in the work to be the light that shines bright? To be the light that draws people back to Christ? Are you going to be the light that's going to change your marriage? Are you going to be the light that changes your friends? Are you going to be the light that changes your family? Are you going to be the light that changes that Christmas dinner finally? He says you have the potential, but are you willing to put in the work? This is not your normal Christmas Eve message. I'm sorry. I know we want to sing about away in the manger. And we want to talk about this baby who was lying and wrapped up in this swaddling clothes. I know we want to do all that stuff and feel good. And I'm glad that we do it. And I thank God that he did it. And I thank God that he brought us our son that could let this thing happen. But I need you to understand that he came and he brought us this opportunity. This opportunity to let the light shine. This opportunity to change the world. This opportunity to change the stuff inside of us. This opportunity to change the people that are around us. This opportunity to grow and be successful. Now, are you going to be salt or salt that's lost its flavor? Are you going to be salt that changes and is willing to be used? Or are you going to be flavorless? God is calling for people to have this salty quality about them. God is calling for people to have this ability about them that when they come in contact with folk, life changes. God is calling folks to say, listen, I want you to be the thing that affects everything around you. I laugh at the story of the leopard. Y'all know the story of the leopard, the guy who has leprosy, and he's all deformed, and his body parts are, are, are rotting off, basically. And they have this rule that if somebody has leprosy, they walk away, and they have to scream unclean. So they want all the people in the town or in the city to walk away from them. The person has leprosy has to scream unclean, because if they know if they come in contact with them, they could catch leprosy. And there's this passage of scripture where Jesus walks up to the leopard, and he touches him, and he heals him. 
normally if you have leprosy and somebody touches you, they become infected. Y'all with me? But Jesus had enough in him that when he touched somebody, their infection left and he didn't become infected. Do you have enough of the Christmas dinner table tomorrow in front of aunties and aunts and uncles and people you couldn't stand for 28 years, two months, 17 days, 12 hours, 34, 35, 36 seconds? Do you have enough in you that all of a sudden the salt and the light in you can begin to change folks that were unchangeable? Do you have enough salt and light in you that all of a sudden people can recognize who Jesus is and the power that he possesses? And if the answer is nope, the answer is no. And he says right here, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is, if it, is it if it loses its flavor? But you are the salt of the earth. But you are the salt of the earth. Derek, you are the salt of the earth. But you are the salt of the earth. But you are the salt of the earth. You are a light that shines bright. You are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. You can hide under whatever you want to, but God believes that you are a light. Take your light from under your basket and shine bright. They talked about Rudolph. Even Santa dismissed Rudolph. But he recognized that there was something significant about him, and he still used him. Will you let God use you? Will you humble yourself and say, God, have your way? Will you submit and say, God, it lets you do what you need to do? Will you say, family, friends, it doesn't matter. I'm going to shine bright for God. This is my issue. This is my hurt. This is my pain. This is how they recognize me. This is what they used to call me. This is what they used to talk about me. This is what they used to say about me. And still say, regardless of all those things, today is the day I shine bright for the Lord. Man, it's quiet, guys, and I need you to hear this before I have my seat. The God of the universe desires more. The God of this universe is calling to do great things. The God of the universe believes that you have the ability to carry out his name in great ways. Will you let him? Will you humble yourself? Will you let go of your bitterness and your pain and your hurt and your frustration and your sadness and your sorrow and say, regardless of what I look like and what I feel like, for you I'm gonna shine bright. It's a choice. Here's your takeaway for today. Then I'm done with you. You need to recognize your potential. Your potential is to change lives. Your potential is to infect the environment in a positive way. 
your potential is to shine brighter than anyone could ever imagine. Your potential is to recognize that he has great plans for you, to recognize that he has a purpose for you, to recognize that there's more than hiding in the background. You have the potential to be great. You have the potential to be amazing. You have the potential to change all the lives in the world. And it starts with your own. You can trust and believe. Start to let his light shine. Let's pray. God, would you work in us? Would you work in us to humble ourselves? Would you work in us to forget what everyone else has had to say about you and about us? Would you give us the strength and the boldness to move away from the negativity, to move away from the doubt, to trust and believe in you? Would you, Father, let us love you would you let us see the light that you've put in us shine bright through the hard times and through our struggles. To be faithful, to trust and believe that you're going to do something great with this life that will change the lives we come in contact with. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, we are going to um, take communion. So um, I'm going to pray for communion, and then when you are ready, you can come forward. Um, we have people serving on either side. Um, and then when you go back to your seats, um, if you can grab a tea light, um, and we'll close with our final song. Father, we thank you for your son, and we thank you for sending him to this earth to die on the cross for our sins. And God, we just thank you for us being able to remember him and remember that act um, by taking communion, Father. And I just pray that you will get our hearts right before you, that you will help us to take a second to just thank you for the blessings that you've given us in our lives and just to remember what you did for us on the cross. In your name, amen.